Support for this podcast is provided by Paradox, the conversational AI company that's transformed the hiring process for global TA teams like General Motors, Nestle and McDonald's to get recruiting work done faster. What if recruiting and hiring was as simple as this? Yes, this. The conversation I'm having with you right now. With Paradox, it is. They leverage conversational AI to seamlessly automate time-consuming recruiting tasks like applicant screening, interview scheduling, and onboarding via chat conversations right on the candidate's phone or laptop so recruiters can spend more time with people, not software. Paradox has helped global employers save countless hours and millions in recruiting costs simply by making hiring simple and conversational. Visit Paradox AI to learn how Paradox can work for you. That's paradox.ai. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 576 of the Recruiting Future podcast. It's been a year since generative AI burst onto the scene and took over the entire TA conversation for 2023. Some of the predictions made back then about its immediate impact on the world of work were a little bit out there, even for something that clearly has so much disruptive potential. So, one year on, where have we got to? What are the genuine use cases? What's still hype? And how will AI actually transform talent acquisition over the next few years? My guests this week, Adam Godson, President and Chief Product Officer at Paradox, and Yale Florentel, VP of Product at Paradox, are the perfect people to answer these questions. Hi, Adam. Hi, Yale. Welcome to the podcast. An absolute pleasure to have both of you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourselves and tell us what you do? Yeah, with pleasure. So hi, everyone. My name is Yael Florental. I'm a VP of product at uh, Paradox. I'm located in our Tel Avivian office, producting stuff, uh, exciting stuff. Uh, a lot of focus recently about generative AI, which we'll talk about soon. Yeah, great to be with you again, Matt. I'm Adam Godson. I'm President and Chief Product Officer at Paradox. My goal is to push boundaries in talent acquisition technology and then make all that happen. Fantastic stuff. Now, you and me, Adam, we, we last spoke in March about generative AI because there's not been that much else to talk about this year other than, other than generative AI when it comes to talent acquisition. My first question is, obviously, the pace of change is very, 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 very fast here. What's changed since March? How how has it evolved and how is the way that you're using generative AI in practice evolved as well? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it's interesting. I think the, the overall biggest story that I would say is, is that there have been slow gains, but not breakthroughs in how it's changed since, since March, where I think companies have, have uh, started to convert a little bit of the potential energy with that, which everyone sees into kinetic energy of getting some, some things done. But I don't think there's a use case I can point to that says there's been a giant breakthrough in talent acquisition where we no longer have to do this thing, or there's this giant um, you know push and, and breakthrough in this this other way. I think we're starting to see some pushes forward, some interesting co-pilot models, some interesting uh, conversational AI. We'll talk about that as we go forward. I think we're seeing um, some interesting tool sets 
But I think a lot of it is still very early days where it's left to the swivel chair integrator, the person to, to use three or four different tools to make, to get stuff done, not really built into our systems yet. But I think some of the potential energy itself even is getting clearer about what will the use cases be and what, how will we use this? What are some of the challenges? So it's all getting clearer, but, but I think it's, it's in some ways maybe been a little slower than people have might have expected it to be. Yeah, I suppose after that kind of initial, I can't even think, almost hysteria when um, when this launched. I suppose before we kind of get into any more detail, it's probably worth just getting some definitions down here in terms of, you know, what's the difference between generative AI, Paradox talks a lot about conversational AI, and, you know, there are other types of AI as, as well. Talk us through, talk us through all of them and, and how they how they work. So basically, both uh, generative AI and conversational AI, they both stem stem from the same umbrella of artificial intelligence, uh, but they serve different purposes. So generative AI is all about creating new content, can create text, can create images, even code. For example, you can ask for it to generate a job advertisement for you, and you can can do it from scratch, just simply understanding language and, you know, the World Wide Web and create that job advertisement for you. Conversational AI, however, is designed for human interaction. So uh, a very common example is your typical AI chatbot on a website where it's programmed to understand human queries and then respond in the way that actually meet that criteria and is based on an existing database. So while they're both under artificial intelligence, the purposes are different for each one. And what about things like data? Because people often talk about AI and data and and all that kind of stuff as well. Where does that that fit in? With artificial intelligence, you were asking. So with generative AI, it is when you ask for it to generate new content for you, it is based on an existing set of data. It might be some uh, like uh, ChatGPT, which is based on a very wide range of of data and thus can create very exceptional and very creative answers. You can also host uh, the data uh, yourself and run the generative AI on your own data. So basically, it all comes down to what are you looking to achieve and and what is the task that uh, that you want to complete. And based on that, you will carve out the data you want to inject the generative AI. And I suppose that leads on to my next question, because we we tend to sort of talk about generative AI as a kind of a big term, and this is what's going to revolutionize talent acquisition. What parts of it are the kind of the best fit for TA? And what, what bits aren't actually that useful or that useful at the moment? So one example I can think about that's probably... Uh, what Adam's thinking about as well is it really excels at automating and streamlining very repetitive tasks, uh, such as creating job descriptions um, or, I don't know, sorting through resumes or labeling uh, candidates or conversations or data. So this doesn't only save a lot of time, but it also ensures uh, some sort of consistency can potentially reduce uh, unconscious bias, at least in the early stage of uh, recording. So that's one task uh, for sure uh, it's really good at. 
And is there anything that isn't useful that people are maybe sort of focusing on the wrong thing when they're, because I know lots of people are experimenting with it. I had a podcast interview yesterday with their head of TA and their recruitment marketing team, and they were doing all kinds of experimentation with different types of generative AI. Is there people going off in the wrong direction? Is there, are there things they shouldn't be focusing on? I think it's really exciting, this technology, and there has been a lot of hype and maybe still is. And it, it does, it can solve a lot of stuff and it can really help us with those routine tasks. However, I, I don't think, I mean, I know it can't really fully grasp uh, complexities of human interactions or human emotions or interpersonal dynamics. There's probably a lot of startups there that are trying to solve it, but it's not really there yet. So if we'll take an interview, for example, and you have a candidate that maybe shares um, an example about a conflict they had um, in, in their previous uh, job, the AI can maybe understand the sequence of events and it can outline it, but it can't really grasp the emotional aspect of it. It can't really learn what we can learn when we see a person shares about a conflict. That makes a lot of sense. So how is AI helping your clients right now? What kind of recruiting challenges are you solving with uh, the AI that you're using? Is there a particular type of company that, that you're kind of helping the most? How's it, how's it kind of looking right now? Yeah, I think we talked um, some months ago. I think you know we we focused on making a generative conversational AI experience, and we wanted to focus on on that part. So how do we make Olivia, who's our conversational assistant, um, have a great interactive two way conversation? And, and so I think the the conversation quality is the part where we've raised the bar significantly this year, and working um, with our teams to understand what are the guardrails and and the bar for quality in, in this industry has to be very high. Someone can't ask the question, what are the benefits for this role? And you get them wrong. <laughs> we, we've got to be right. Uh, and, and so how to reduce uh, errors and hallucinations, how to be sure that we get the right information based on that user. Because the potential here is about one-to-one -one personalization, to be able to personalize every conversation to the individual having it and the company they're having it with. But there's a lot of, of challenge to making that, that happen. And so for us, it is uh, improvement in all the metrics around conversational quality. So we get more people to say thank you. Uh, we get better completion rates. We get more questions asked per conversation. We get better explicit ratings of those conversations. We get less confusion in conversations. And, and they all overall just feel warmer and better to objectively have those questions get answered in a recruiting process and then and, and have that work get, get done. I mean, in terms of type of companies, are there particular sort of areas of industry or types of hiring where the adoption's quicker than others? I think we've mostly seen you know companies that care a lot about their employer brand, uh, and and so sometimes that's consumer brand companies, uh, folks that have external product brands, uh, and folks that are willing to push some boundaries and are, are oftentimes using AI in other parts of their business or have groups that are using AI. They send us lots of long questionnaires about <laughs> AI safety and all those things, as you, you can imagine. But it's people that are willing to push boundaries and have maybe have a little experience uh, with that. And there are many other companies that are willing to let other companies go first, find where the boundaries are in the world, and then they'll go second. And that's fine, too. Uh, it, takes, it takes all types. 
So difficult questions now. <laughs> I'm going to split this question into two because I'm, I'm kind of really interested to sort of differentiate. So I know it's obviously it's impossible to predict what's going to happen. And we've talked about there's been no kind of sort of big breakthrough since March. By the time this goes live in a week or so's time, <laughs> the, the, world <laughs> we'll see. the world may have changed. But with, with that caveat, how do you think things are going to develop? I mean, first of all, in the medium term what do you think is going to happen over the next sort of two to three two to three years with all of this so i I think what ultimately has to happen is process re-engineering of all of our talent acquisition processes and so so today what, what we're doing is we are using generative ai in the current processes and, and so figuring out how they can help certain points in those processes and there's there's a co-pilot model there's a, a sort of toolbox model there's conversational agents there's lots of ways to do those things but it's all based on the frameworks we've had for 50 years of how we do talent acquisition and so i think that what, what really has to change in the next step is is a re-engineering of, of how people think about the recruitment process and how the, the entire process will will change. And I think that starts to separate the types of work into transactional work and emotional work. And, and I use the word emotional inten- intentionally there, that it really is the, the type of work that requires human depth. And, and Yael mentioned it earlier about interviewing someone and understanding their story about a conflict. And I also sometimes talk about the act of a recruiter of convincing someone to join. That is emotional work that technology cannot do. It cannot convince you to leave your job, move across the, the country, <laughs> country, interrupt your career for something because uh, and join you at their cause because there's no cause. They're not there. They're not real. Uh, and so that emotional work will have to be done by a person. Is so that process at re-engineering to separate that emotional work that humans need to do versus the transactional work that can be automated? I want to come back and talk about that in terms of the implications for recruiters and careers and, and all that sort of stuff. Before we do, though, super impossible question. Where do you think we're going sort of five years down the track? I know that there was a kind of a lot of speculation recently that OpenAI might have invented artificial general intelligence or something incredibly, incredibly scary. Where do you think we go in, in five years time with, with this? Yeah, I, I think we have. I think the recruiting process in five years looks completely different than it does today. I think. I think we, um, we the, the way that people are assessed for, for roles, when they apply for roles. Uh, another good example is is actually the job seekers in many ways are ahead of companies at this. So today we've got a dynamic where job seekers are using AI to write their resume or their CV. Um, I've seen estimates as high as you know sixty to seventy percent of of CVs are now being written with AI tools. And then on the other side, we've got companies using AI tools to read them. <laughs> and, and so we've got, there eventually is a breakdown that, that starts to happen around how do we even assess who this person is at scale and new methods may be needed to, to do that. And so I, I think in five years, the talent acquisition process is, uh, looks entirely unlike what it does today and how we think about assessing people for jobs, how they go about raising their hand to, uh, to jobs. And uh, and ultimately, I think there should be celebration. Uh, I don't think there's anyone that looks at today's processes and says, wow, that's an amazing process, just as how I would design it. <laughs> and, and that's where I think we've got a responsibility and an opportunity as an industry. Like, like we, we actually do get to think about how we start to design this thing as we would have it and start to start to make that happen. And that's an incredibly exciting time. 
I think you're right. I think if you kind of transported someone in a time machine from 30 years ago and asked them to apply for a job, they would recognize so much of the process, you know, resume, cover letter, face-to-face interview, all that, all that kind of stuff, which kind of shows how far we haven't come. And I'm really interested as to when that, when that point of lots of AIs talking to each other and why are we doing this anymore? We need to reinvent things. Things comes. I think that's uh, that's that's really interesting. I suppose combining all that together, what does that? Lots of people listening will be thinking about what their future career might look like in talent acquisition if, as things are going to change like this. What does this mean for recruiters? What do you think their role is going to be? And I suppose you know more importantly, what kind of skills are going to be needed in sort of two years time, three years time, five years time? You know, however long it is. Yeah, I, I think there will be a bifurcation of, of the skill set and what people want to do. And um, you know, I, I think today we conflate a lot of what people consider recruiting work as not that value added. <laughs> uh, and, and there's a lot of clicking work. There's, there's, uh, there's not a lot of recruiting going on. Um, it is a lot of moving people in systems and, and administrative work and, and clicking through the ATS where a real recruit, rec- recruiting work is about convincing people to join. It's emotional. It is about how do I convince you to come to my company? How do I be sure that you're the right the right fit? And and I think we can automate a lot of the transactional conversations now. That's one of the things that will change with AI is some of the things like a job intake conversation or a screening conversation. Those things can get uh, automated. And so I think from a skill perspective, there's going to be a choice where People decide they have high emotional intelligence. They love talking to people. They want to convince people to join every conversation of the day, and they will absolutely love that. <laughs> and those are the recruiters today that that really hate you know the system stuff. And they that that stuff all just gets in the way of talking to people. That's what they love. And then there'll be people that focus more on the systems aspect. Um, and so I think that you'll see some a divide some divide there, and you'll see a lot less transactional work. You mentioned earlier about you know people going first and people wanting to be kind of second to see what happens with uh you know with implementing these kind of things what would your advice be to talent, you know heads of talent acquisition who are looking at how they kind of integrate ai into their strategy moving forward on the one hand what should they be cautious about what should they be looking out for but then on the other hand what do they need to do to make sure they stay ahead of the curve i can take that so I think um, I know that now more than ever, AI tools has become much more user-friendly and accessible than ever. So first of all, I advise anyone who hasn't done so to go to cloud.ai or to ChatGPT and just start experimenting and start writing prompts. You don't, you really don't need much to start writing prompts and asking it to perform tasks for you. There's a lot of magic to this combination of words, generative AI, as if, again, it can solve all of your problems. It's, it, it is a very smart technology. And it's really good if, for example, you want to customize your email. That's one thing. You can do it easily today within a matter of like 10 seconds. But it's like, it's up to you. So if you're going to ask it to write a romantic poem for, for your um, 15 years anniversary and decide what you should get your partner, that's very um, risky. Um, so, so it's up to you. You need to lay your guardrails in advance and, and decide uh, how uh, far you're going you're gonna to take it and create constant feedback loop and make sure it's uh, working for you and um, and you're ahead of the game. So 
pick your poison or pick your uh, or, uh, pick your uh, problems to be solved uh, wisely is what I would uh, suggest. So, f- final question: We we talked about the medium term, we talked about the long term. You know, we've talked about a point which I think is very clear that the talent acquisition is going to have to is going to have to change. How does this journey start? What what happens in 2024? What do you think, what progress do you think we're likely to make in the next 12 months? If we were having this this conversation again, you know, this time next year, what would we what would we be how would we how would we review the year? Yeah, it's great. And, and I hope to have this conversation next year. Let's get it on the on, on the books, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I think 2024 is gonna continue to be a year of experimentation of of people uh, understanding in a certain part of an existing process. How can I get some some gains? Typically, in a, in a toolbox kind of a method. How do I solve a single problem in a, in a simple way for for part of this? And, and that's actually a great way to start. For example, one of the things we see our clients start with is um, using AI for interview scheduling, rescheduling, you know, even the complex stuff. There's there's oftentimes a human person or group of people, and, and frankly, no one loves it. <laughs> uh, and, and so. Um, but finding some discrete task to really automate and use AI to do uh, that and do that well and get those gains and, and build confidence. And we typically see people go from average time to schedule of like four days to like 30 minutes and just some really big change in those where that they, they can then point to a win, go to get more money <laughs> and say, let's continue to automate and use AI in that. So I, I think we'll continue to see lots of wins in, in sort of discrete single problems. My hope is that we'll start to rethink some processes more deeply um, and think about how we can uh, change the way that talent acquisition operates. I think it'll take some certain industries and some certain you know problem sets to, to, to find some of that creative thinking in that. But I, I fully expect 2024, again, to be a more with less kind of a year where you know recruiters are, are feeling strapped and they're looking for tools like AI that can help and, and can help them have more of those meaningful conversations that, that they're looking to have. Adam, Yale, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Great to talk as always. My thanks to Adam and Yale. If you're a fan of the Recruiting Future podcast, then you will absolutely love our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast. Not only does it give you the inside track on what's coming up on the show, you can also find everything from book recommendations to insightful episodes from the archives and get first access to new content that will help you understand where our industry's heading. For a limited time, subscribe to the Recruiting Future Feast newsletter and get instant access to the video recording of the recent remixed webinar on AI and talent acquisition, featuring some of the smartest thinkers in the industry. Just go to mattalder.me slash webinar to sign up. That's mattalder.me slash webinar. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. You can find and search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. And don't forget to sign up for the newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time. And I hope you'll join me. This is my show.